Welcome to apparently episode 15 of 21st Century Boys. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And if I sound a little crappy, I'm experiencing allergies or something. I did take a COVID test to double check because people at work were like, Maybe you got COVID. And I took a test today and I'm like, I didn't think I had COVID, but the test said I didn't. So I may sound crappy. I apologize. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, had vacation. Went to Georgia uh metropolis did uh, some fun things there um so we're gonna jump right in jack's got quite a few books to cover i've got a handful to cover i thought i'd kick off today with vigilante number 44 because we were doing vigilante 43 last time we talked and apparently now vigilante is like buddy buddies with the cops so he's busting into a drug den and this lady's got a big old pot full of crack and the vials are a-flying, and so is all the bullets. And so they start shooting people, and they're like, these don't look like regular Americans. That's because they're Arabic. So if you remember last time, the Karakians, is, is that a word? It's like some, some made-up country, are the ones providing the drugs. So Adrian whips off his mask as the police have now a trash can full of crack cocaine vials. And... No longer uh, with his face covered, we see it is still Adrian Chase, and then he puts his mask back on. He goes, where do I start? So he literally took off his mask for a page. That seemed kind of wasteful. And then we're back to our friend in Chevy Chase, Marilyn, who be smoking the crack, Bobby. He's laying in the bed, and she's like, I don't like you when you smoke crack. He's like, well, I like smoking crack. And so he smokes some crack. And she runs down the hallway and runs into his daddy. And he, like, flings her down the hallway as she's crying, which is really weird. And he, he smells it. And he goes... <laughs> so I guess he's like, smells like crack. And then he opens the door. And and Bobby is laying in the bed with a crack pipe going, oh, hiya, pops. So, and then we kind of met the one guy who was um, an alcoholic and apparently uh, no longer had a home. And was like uh, living in the streets. And he's basically gone to kind of like a social worker type person. And he's like, can I get a bed and a spot? And he basically is told, you know, we have so many crack fiends these days that there's no beds for people who are just, you know, alcoholics. And he's like, that's a load of crap. So he runs out the door. And you got this big, big dude sucking on peaches. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. And uh, he's with the Karaki government. And Karaki, Karaki, Karak, <gasps> Karak, Crack. I think we just discovered something, James. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then back at in night, there's a guy downtown selling the dopes. He says, "What you want, man? I'll give you whatever you want." He's like, "Get in here! Here come the cops!" So he gets in the in the in the car, and he made a mistake because that's Adrian Chase, the vigilante. And he's like, "Where do you get your crack from?" And so he goes to a big deal. And it's this fancy pants businessman. He's got a big old bag of dope. And he busts it and shoots it with a gun and powder flies everywhere. Uh, back to our derelict friend. He is scoping out uh, some crackheads. And then he sees Bobby. And Bobby's like, I need the dope! And he breaks the phone. And some Karaki guys jump out and say, come with us. We'll get you some dope. And he goes with him because he's stupid. Uh... Vigilante is scoping out a situation. It's a warehouse. It claims to be Middle Eastern foods, but we all know it's the Karak. 
I must say that from now on for crack. Correct. Correct. Because it rhymes. Well, not really, but it sounds like the same word. Okay, so back to our friend. He was going to booze up, and he's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going in this life of man. I'm going out of man. And so he heads towards the gate. Vigilante, meanwhile, busts in and starts beating people's butt. And he smashes some guy's face into a wall. And then he's going to go into the Karak embassy. Uh, front gate of the Karak embassy, our alcoholic friend starts shooting guards and busts in. Bobby, meanwhile, is stoned out of his gourd inside the embassy. Uh, Vigilante goes in, kicks some more people's butts. Our alcoholic pal is shooting everybody. And uh, Bobby's going, ooh, man, listen to the firecrackers. Bang, bang, bang. So he's not too great. Then Mr. Peach Sucker comes in, bang a dee bang. And uh, turns out, stoned out of his mind, Bobby blew his guts out. So Vigilante says, drop the gun, Bobby. And I'm like, how did he know it was Bobby? And then Bobby goes, I don't feel so good. And then he like passes out. Vigilante throws him over his shoulder. He sees somebody being cut down and like, I don't know, that's like some bloody looking bullets or something. It looks like big strings of red. Maybe he's fighting carnage. And um, uh, runs down the stairs with Bobby and the whole building blows up. And Bobby, of course, is dead. Dead of a heart attack at age 17. The Karak Embassy burns down, and we see a really sad scene. The social worker goes to a couple of guys on the street and says, Hey, uh, have you seen Jerry? And Jerry's the alcoholic from earlier. Uh, we finally got a place for him. We got a spot so he can come get cleaned up. And, uh, sorry there. I uh, just had a brain fart for a second. Actually, I didn't. We have a new program instead of Audacity. It's like some janky version we installed really quick. Because we've been having a lot of computer problems lately. So Audio Tonic froze up and I thought we were about to lose the recording. Anyway, so uh, the guy says he has a bed. He could have gotten Jerry in. And in the background we see someone dealing drugs. Next month, enter Black Thorn. That was your crack. Issue of Vigilante by Paul Kupperberg. Okay. Recently, I uh, started reading all the related Watchmen stuff, like the before Watchmen and Doomsday Clock. Uh, I got into it because after watching Peacemaker, I just want another show to just watch every once in a while. And I decided to watch the Watchmen uh, television series, the HBO one. Right. And it was really good. I highly recommend it. It's more... Even though it's not canon, I think it's a better sequel than the stuff I will be talking about. Okay. But uh, there's a series called Before Watchmen, which is a prequel series to the uh, comic, the original one. Yeah. It has it's a big 37 issue series, but it's a bunch of like four to six issues just about the character before their appearance in the original comic. Uh, so there's, like, the Minutemen, Silk Spectre, Comedian, Rorschach, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my favorite ones, well, my favorite was probably the Minutemen one. That's they had my this kind of, like, old art style and stuff mm -hmm. that's similar to the stuff around the time that's supposed to be taking place. I really enjoyed it. Uh. Yeah, I think that was Darwin Cook. Yeah, I believe so. I also like the Rorschach one quite a bit. I think those were my, my two favorites. Uh, 
have you checked out the Tom King Rorschach one yet? Uh, not yet. I plan okay. to eventually. Just, but not all of it. Okay. There's also uh, random one-offs. Some characters only have like one to two issues of their lesser known. So one of them is similar to the Minutemen series. It is about Dollar Bill, who's like this member who joined like when they were first starting and died like soon after. Okay. It's just about his like rise to fame and how he got to become part of the Minutemen. It's a very interesting story. It's very quick and I do recommend it. I do like that one. Right after that, I read Doomsday Clock in the same day. I was reading a lot that day. Uh, Doomsday Clock is the lead up to Rebirth. I'd say it's more of a DC comic than a Watchmen comic, but it still serves as a good thing for both. Yeah, it's kind of getting those characters intermingling with the, the DC mainstream characters. Yeah. yeah. Have, have, did they ever like appear in DC after that? I mean, if they have, I'm not aware of it. I I think the only thing I really remember them being in, and somebody, if you want, correct us, just shoot us a, a tweet or something. But I remember them being in the Button storyline mm-hmm. uh, with Batman and Flash, which brought back uh you know the other Flashes, and then you know obviously Flashpoint is supposedly mm-hmm. because of um what's the blue guy's name again Doctor Doctor Manhattan, Manhattan. Uh, so. You know, even though they're not in Flashpoint, supposedly they made Flashpoint happen, and then of course this series. But outside of that stuff, I don't know that they really showed up again. Yeah. Other than Rorschach's uh, mm-hmm. series. Yeah. One of they introduced these two random like clown people. Oh yeah, they yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like, they're Joker. They're great. I originally saw them and I was like, uh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I wasn't sure about them, but I did like them eventually. Yeah. I'm and it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like them a lot. Uh, I also read Nishijo. I read all of that. Uh, it is this quick, like, ten volume, like, gag manga that has kind of like, you know, the four page panels, the right kind of like Garfield stuff. Uh, it's very funny. I do recommend it. It's nice. about a bunch of like high school girls just living their life while like just a crazy bunch of stuff happens. It's, the funny parts are basically just exaggerated uh, portraits of their life. Uh, All I remember about it, isn't there like a deer on the bottom yeah, cover that's of the probably first my volume? Favorite part of, <clears throat> there is this panel where the principal is fighting a deer who's trying to get into the school. <laughs> oh my god. It's a very funny series. Anime is also just very good. It's just basically the panels come to life. Gotcha. It's animated very well, and the manga is just more of that. So if you've re- watched it, you should read it. And if you something like high school family, where it's like a chapter a week or whatever, or is it like one of three panel manga like Azamanga Dayo? Uh, it depends really. There are certain like three panels, and then there are just normal like chapters like High School okay. Family. I do believe the three panels might have been added to the physical like volumes and oh, sure, originally sure. the chapters came out but yeah the, a lot of a lot sure. of a lot of a lot of series do that like mm-hmm. the one i'm gonna do uh today one of them uh every chapter ends with like a three panel mm-hmm. gag so yeah mm-hmm. okay so what we'll do now i'm gonna do some of the manga i read this month uh, 
was getting kind of behind on my manga, so I read a bunch to catch up. So the first one is Hunter Hunter number 31, Yoshihiro Togashi. So Netero is dead and Gon is hospitalized. So A plot is looking to replace Chairman uh, Netero now that he's dead. And basically, uh, the handpicked replacement is this really slimy guy, Paristan, and Liario is right behind him because they're voting for it. So hopefully, next volume we'll find out if Liario... He turns into Nanaka. Nanaka grants a wish, but the bigger the wish, the bigger the ask next time. I mean, if you refuse to do the ask, you and your closest one will die. Alumi, which is Killua's older brother, wants to prevent him from using this wish to heal Gon because he thinks if that happens, that will kill the family. So he, him and his needle people with aid of Hisoka are going to do everything they can to prevent this from happening. So... Uh, really good volume. This is the basically towards the end of the anime that's been made. So if you're watching the show, you may know this story already. Uh, but uh, pretty soon, uh, the manga is going to get in ahead of the anime. But that's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. All right, Jack? Okay. Recently, I started and finished reading Infinity Gauntlet and the sequel to that, Infinity War. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet, I think, is a stronger story, but both serve very well. And I do believe that Infinity War has a stronger climax, just that Infinity Gauntlet is more consistent. Sure. Infinity Gauntlet is about Thanos coming back and got the Infinity Gauntlet. And it is crazy how much that thing can do. If you watch the movie, that kind of is based off of it. Right. Uh, it only can serve, like, these two purchases. Uh, purposes like one for each gym, but with the just like instead of just snapping and making everyone disappear, he can just snap a specific person when it feels like it and turn big, whatever. It's crazy and it's a lot of fun. Nebula is a lot different in it, too. Oh, yeah, Nebula <coughs> is his like neglected daughter that he like makes into an old lady oh yeah and then she <laughs> steals it and uses it as revenge against him so adam warlock and eventually thanos work together to defeat him and then infinity war is about like so it's like a person related to adam warlock it's like kind of a clone-ish type thing it's like all the the dark side it's the is it the adam magus or whatever i believe magus yeah, it's like the magus he is, like, making clones of everybody else to try to get them to turn on each other and get the Infinity Gauntlet for himself. So it's a battle with Adam Warlock and Magus while, like, Thanos again works together with him to defeat Magus. It's very fun, and like I mentioned, the climax is probably better than both of them. But as a consistent, I think the first few volumes do drag on a little bit. And and then the what the the next one is what Infinity Crusade. Uh, Have you read that one? Infinity Crusade. I'm not sure. Okay. I do know Infinity Watch was also along the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like Warlock a spinoff. Like the Thanos team and stuff. I used to collect that. I really like that series. And now one more title I read. I reread the first volume of it. I haven't gotten to the rest because I got it for my birthday. Nice. It's Spider-Man slash Deadpool. Spider-Man slash Deadpool is this. A story 
where Spider-Man and Deadpool are sort of working together to just defeat baddies, but sometimes. But Deadpool also is kind of turning against Spider-Man because the thing is, he found Peter Parker, like, his company working on, like, torturing someone. So he's trying to find out what's going on with that and how he can save the child and figure out what's going on. It's a very interesting story, and I plan to get more into it as I read more of it. But yeah, so. I wonder if that was when Peter came back after Doc Hawk. <clears throat> I believe so. That might yeah. explain why he was up to shenanigans, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, next manga I had was Chainsaw Man, Volume 9, by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Power, Denji, and Aki have recovered from the big Santa fight. Uh, they throw up a lot in the first chapter, which amused me to no end. I don't know. We were talking about this at work the other day. Um, it's like some people really like vomit humor and but the one picture of when they feed uh, Aki dinner and it makes him throw up it just kept me laughing like every time I would see it. Uh, anyway, so Aki is told by the, his future devil that Denji will kill him. Aki and the angel run into Makima. Makima tells them to give them their power. Angel remembers in the past Makima actually made him kill his village. So it turns out this was the big re- reveal we've been waiting for. She is the control devil. America is sending the gun devil to kill her, and thousands are being killed as it approaches Makima using the powers of multiple devils. She tries to defeat it. Aki is turned into a gun devil and sent to dispatch Denji. Denji gets power cleared, and uh, and also their kitty, Meowie, uh, cleared to fight off Aki. Um, Aki, this is really sweet and sad. He's stuck in a dream, and he thinks that he's in a snowball fight with uh, Denji who's his best friend, but as we know, it's actually him in gun devil mode trying to kill Denji and coming really close to succeeding. It's a really bittersweet ending. This has been one of the best volumes of the series so far. It's like we take it every time. Shonen Jump, read it on the app if you don't want to buy the volumes. Uh, everything, I think, is on the app with the exception of one chapter, which you have to read from the website. But uh, Chainsaw Man is definitely one of the best out there and worth your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one series I continued reading recently as it has been republished is Fist of the North Star. I recently read Volume 4, which introduces, uh, Kenshiro's brothers and, like, the stuff, the shenanigans going on with that. So, this kid is taking over Kenshiro's name and pretending to be him, so then others in the area are both scared of him and, like, will serve him because he's been doing stuff and he's like known as the powerful one around there it's a very it's probably my favorite volume of the series so far with maybe the exception of the first volume okay uh it introduces a lot and i think this is the part where it gets even better than it previously has like where it becomes the fist of the north star nice you know i i'm behind i still got three and four to read i also read just a random trade Essential X-Men Volume 2. Nice. This one has... Shoot, it's got like everything in it Volume 2. it got everything two. in yeah, Volume 2. It's, it's a classic. It has... This is the new X-Men with like Wolverine, uh, Storm, people, Colossus, Storm, Colossus, Cyclops, Kitty Nightcrawler, Kitty, Kitty Pryde. Pryde is yep. in, introduced in that one. Yep. Uh, this is where Fark, Dark Phoenix comes to be right. as she works together to try to defeat all of the X-Men or, uh, I'm not sure. I know 
it's like a dark side coming to her and stuff. Yeah. Because she's coming too powerful. So she eventually... Uh, she just turns evil. Yeah, like she just all turns the... evil like yeah. people do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Especially yeah. in comic books. Like, they they just out of nowhere, like, go bad. Right? Yeah. And then right after that is Days of Future Past. I definitely do recommend this volume. It's pretty easy to get, considering how much stuff happens in it. Like, yeah. a bunch of people wanted it. Oh, my gosh. That volume, I swear, I've bought three or four times uh, in my lifetime. And you are, I think, the at least the second person I've given a copy of it to. Because your cousin Haley, I gave her uh, a copy of it as well. Because I, I, it's one I just kept rebuying for some reason. I go, oh, I actually have this one. You know, mm-hmm. that's happened multiple times. Yeah. Really, really good one. Mm-hmm. I also started reading Age of Apocalypse just on a trip because I didn't bring anything to read. Hmm. So I was like, I'll just start this. And it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. It's in an alternate timeline where Charles Xavier is dead and they never formed the X-Men. So Magneto's working together to try to group them back and basically create X-Men while Apocalypse is working with other people you might know like he's working with cyclops and people like wolverine to try to just rule over them and defeat the group uh there's a bunch of different series connected to it something i really like about this is that it just reboots all the series issue one for each different one so like x-men chronicles issue one x-men alpha issue one it's a very easy starting point to read just kind of jump in yeah just jump in uh, some of my favorite parts of it are Gambit and the Externals, oh. where they work together to get like this stone, I guess. Not an Infinity Stone, mm. but something else to try to find out about the their past that didn't happen. Right. And how to return back to it. As they defeat, like, is it Sentry? Who's the guy with, like, got like a mohawk kind of thing? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I can't remember. He, he's from, like, um, uh, the Shi'ar Empire characters. I can't think of his name, but yeah. Yeah, it's Gambit and just a bunch of random X-Men trying to defeat them, and it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked Factor X... Nah, Astonishing X-Men. Okay. This is probably where, That's like, the one with Magneto, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. one with Magneto. It's probably where most of the most important stuff happens. Right. Or like the actual group is working together because the a lot of the other ones serve more as spin-offs because they're only about like a certain section of the group right astonishing x-men focuses on like all of them basically yeah i like factor x but i think that's the one where it's uh scott and uh havoc and like the weird dark beast and yeah and stuff that i always liked uh, the one we were talking about it the other day it's whatever generation x became yeah. Where it had like the sh- was it the Sugar Man? He's like creepy. Oh, is that Factor X? No, oh, maybe it was. Maybe it, Factor. X. I don't remember. Well, there was one that had the Sugar Man. He was like super creepy. I just remember that one. And then Dark Beast was great because he actually. Oh well, I won't say that. Never mind. That'd be a spoiler. Okay. Uh, I don't remember which volume this was. I forgot to write it down. As uh, my hero Academia, I want to say it was either twenty seven or twenty eight. Sorry about that. I forgot to write down which one it was by Kohei. Horikoshi, uh, they've been in a big fight with Shigaraki in the League of Villains. Erasure has held off Shigaraki as long as he can, and Endeavor just can't finish the job. All the rest of the heroes except Deku and Bakugo are facing the villains. 
And one of them is Giant Ganto Machia. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. Anyway, it's a giant stone guy. Think of like a titan. Um, Mount Lady's trying to hold him back the entire time, but she's a lot smaller than him, so th there's only so much she can do. The others are t attacking, and nothing's really working. Ashido makes some headway with her acid attack, but during her attack, she gets really bad hurt. That was nice to actually see her do something. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've read 20-something volumes, and the acid character hadn't done anything at all. So they gave her her brief shining moment, which was cool. Nothing's stopping him, so he heads into an unprotected city. Uh, meanwhile, in a flashback, All Might and Bakugo discuss Deku's training, and I'm liking the way they're handling Bakugo coming around. I think the obvious thing with Bakugo would have been to like turn him into a supervillain at some point. Um, I really thought that was going to happen, especially when the League kidnapped him a while back, but it didn't. Um, so Bakugo's becoming a really cool character. Uh, he was, he's always one of my favorites, and I think now that he's... Uh, come around, he's got a really good dynamic going uh, with the rest of the characters. Uh, back in the present, Deku is giving all he can to stop Shigaraki, but it's not enough. Racer is down, and Deku's not going to last at this point. And so it's up to Endeavor and Bakugo to save the day. And I guess next volume we'll figure out whether they do or not. Alright. Uh, I recently just started re reading parts of Fantastic Four. Uh, I was interested in Benjamin Franklin Richards. Kind of on the nose, but... Yeah. And that was where he really got his, like, big start as a character. Not his first appearance, but, like, where he started actually doing stuff. Right. Uh, so, it starts the event with Dark Grant and Fantastic Four. And this, uh, Franklin and his sister try to just keep the house safe. Because the rest of the Fantastic Four are time traveling okay. to like different areas. I'm not sure. It's like multi dimensional, but also kind of like time traveling stuff. Like, so there's like a pirate world, like all the Fantastic Four are pirates, and then there's like a space world and all that stuff. It's kind of fun, but I do think the Franken stuff is the more fun stuff because that's a Green Goblin, I believe. Is there trying to break into the house? Nice. Because he's he's covering up as he works with like Reed Richards and that stuff, but no, nah, he's just breaking in because <laughs> he wants to. And so the Fantastic Four eventually come, and they kick out Green Goblin. It's very fun. I do like that that series quite a bit. It's about like six volumes, and it's in between uh, the issues around the time uh so i started reading fantastic four right after that at 570 okay because that is the run by jonathan hickman yep and that is i heard that was the run with the most benjamin franklin stuff and like i stated that's what i was interested in well so hickman hickman there for a while basically pretty much built the future of Marvel up through Secret Wars, mm -hmm. uh, starting with the, the Fantastic Four. So, yeah, that's a pretty important run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it starts a lot of stuff, and I had fun with that. Uh, I don't remember much from it, though. I'll have to get back to it. I also just read uh, Fantastic Four Mighty Marvel Masterworks. I think it was Volume 2. Yep. Uh just a random one I borrowed from my brother because I didn't have anything to read. <laughs> I wanted to read something. 
but so this is that's the good stuff that's that's mm -hmm. stan and jack i I like that stuff that this in this issue we have like mole man and stuff and like uh dr doom like ant-man shrinks the fantastic four and they work against dr doom that one's kind of fun i like that issue that's funny uh they work against hulk uh, because uh, they think he's bad or something. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. <laughs> they just were like, "Oh, a big green guy, let's beat him up." They were always fighting Hulk back in those days, and then with a uh, thing being kind of like the big bruiser, I think they always used to pair him up with Hulk, and Hulk almost always beat his butt. Like every yeah. time they would face each other. Mm-hmm. My favorite issue was probably the Impossible Man one. He's just kind of like running around from his other planet because he's confused and he takes everything too seriously so (laughs) he's just running around doing stuff and then they're like when they say something that's like i don't know a phrase or something he takes it literally and they just try and they's like oh i'm kind of powerful i could like use this to my advantage so he just starts like (laughs) making fun of people for no reason using his powers to like beat up people nice and then eventually people just start ignoring him and then he gets bored so he just goes back to his planet it was a very fun issue i did i like that one a lot yeah so i uh got back into one piece that's uh, uh volume one night that's not right 194 volume 94 okay there's a lot of one pieces but there's not 200 of them uh, Ichiro Odo. So the gang is split up. The devil fruit is being used on uh, Wano to control the population. Main effects, effect of it is it placates them and keeps them constantly smiling. Like everybody's happy no matter what happens. So after a giant battle where uh, he's teamed up with Sanji, Zoro has one of his swords stolen. Luffy, who's still stuck in a labor camp, has a run in with Big Mama, who no longer remembers who she is. Luffy frees himself and this old man he's with and uh they defeat the controllers of the camp with the help of uh, a a kappa that's it was weird so they have this kappa which is like a water spirit turtle kind of a thing and i'm sorry if you're hearing the dogs barking i feel like they've been dog uh, barking non-stop now for like 10 minutes um anyway um this kappa teams up with him and he gets this really in-depth backstory and uh, hold on one second Sorry about that. The dogs were barking like crazy. There's some kids out front or something. Anyway, I don't remember exactly where I was at, but basically, a lot in this chapter, so it's hard to give everything it's due. Um, one Piece is not necessarily an easy one to dive back into after a while because it's super dense and it calls back characters, you know, from its like thousands of chapters. And uh, anyway, it's an enjoyable volume. Uh, I think at some point I'd really like to dig back into the earlier stuff instead of some of the more new ones. But that is One Piece Volume 94. Recently, I have just been in on a Batman role because the movie came out. And I really liked it. It was very good. So I just decided to start reading a bunch of Batman stuff because I thought about it. And I just haven't really read much of Batman at all. I've read a lot of other DC stuff, but not particularly any of that. Sure. So I started reading it, and I've enjoyed a lot of what I've read. One, so I started with the old Untold Legend of Batman. This is one I've actually read a lot. It's probably the only Batman story I've read in full. 
previously before now. It was probably one of your first comics, I bet. I bet it was, yeah. This is like a mini volume that came out around, I don't know. It was the early 80s, yeah. Yeah. It is about like Batman's backstory and him eventually finding the person who shot his parents and like his father's uh, previous history as sort of like a Batman person because he was like a performer. He didn't like actually fight crime, but he was right similar to that. It's a very fun volume. It's one I've read a lot, and I really enjoy it each time I read it. Very good stuff. The next one I read is Batman the Golden Age. This is just, like, all the first appearances of people and stuff. There's a few collected editions. I just read the first one. Uh, Something I didn't know before reading it is that Detective Comics and Batman both had Batman stories at the same time. So, like, there'd be a Detective Comics issue, and then there'd be, like, a Batman full issue. Right. And those were, like, a bigger deal. The Detective Comics each had, like, one Batman story and a few other ones, while the Batman issues would have four individual Batman stories in each. Same length as, like, the ones in Detective Comics. Nice. Uh, I did like the Detective Comics run that I've read, but I will say, if you're trying to get a start... I'd probably, besides a few first appearances, I'd probably recommend the actual Batman series first, because that's where you see a lot of more important characters, like the Joker and Catwoman. Well, in Detective Comics, I think it's a lot of fun, but you'll just see, like, random robbers just, like, up here in random issues. Was, so, was the Catwoman, was that when she had literally, like, a cat head? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that she I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, but if you're trying to get the important stuff, I do recommend just reading the individual Batman volumes, because that's the important stuff. Well, it has, like, two issues of important stuff, and then two issues of just, like, random stuff random that happened weirdos. in yeah. comics. Yeah. And then one more Batman I've read is Batman A Death in the Family. This trade also includes uh, the Tim Drake becoming Batman as well, like, when he comes. Okay. Right after that, in Batman, you mean when he comes, Robin? Yeah, when yeah, he yeah, comes yeah, yeah. Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, so it deals with him, like dealing with Jason Todd's death, sure. And then Tim Drake coming in and being like, "I want to be Batman, please." Yeah. And then eventually, it's like, okay. Uh, I the death in the family. The story is kind of wild because besides just like go, so it's about Jason Todd trying to find his parents because he finds out that. The person, the mother that died was actually his stepmother. So he's trying to find his actual mother. So he goes and finds the, the name, well, the area that his father used to live in. And just starts tracking down people. So was, he goes to Afghanistan right. to try to find them. And then it turns out his mother is actually working with a joker. Right. Because it's said that the joker will, like, kill her if she doesn't. But he does anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Todd finds her and tries to save her. Batman tells him always to stay back but he still goes anyways mm-hmm. and then it backfires on him Joker has a bomb for 10 seconds and explodes on both of them I'm pretty sure the mother actually does survive but man he dies he, well there was a poll to see like if he would live or die and they I, th- I don't think people liked him yeah they, they voted to kill him they voted to kill him I do think it did actually work out well 
to the end because I like Red Hood better than anything Jason Todd could be. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, but it's still interesting. Yeah, it's, the history's crazy on it. Mm-hmm. Like people hated him so much. Okay, you wouldn't you wouldn't get this in this era, but like back in those days, it was a phone boat. And not only was it a phone boat, but you actually, they charged you like a dollar or something for each phone call. So people hated him so much, they were willing to pay a dollar to see him get killed by calling multiple times. So somebody would spend like 10 bucks to put in 10 votes for him to die. Isn't that nuts? (laughs) That's nuts. All right. This is one of uh, Kirk Spencer, our good buddy's favorites. Uh, GoGo13 is the next one I read. Uh, I have never read Golgo 13 in Tonkoban volumes before. I'd only read it in like full-size comic book issues. Uh, it's probably one of the earliest manga I ever read. In fact, I wouldn't even know what a manga was when I was reading it. I would have just been like, hey, this comic is in black and white. It is about a guy who kills people. I didn't know what manga was at that point because this would have been the 80s or early 90s. Um, it was like a video game. And uh, I don't think it was a pack-in. I think it was a send-away. So you could send away for the free Golgo 13 comic. So uh, I've read several of those, you know, from the 80s. But this is the first, you know, Tonkabon, which is, you know, the digest size black and white volumes. Uh, This is volume 7. I have God. I've got a bunch of these coming up the pike because uh, they are getting harder and harder to find. So when uh, they had a sale on Viz, I ordered each one they had. So volume 7, In the Eye of God. A satellite designer tries to manipulate both President Clinton and the Duke into doing what he wishes. He's going to find that the Golgo is not so easy to manipulate. This is a pretty classic story, and it just goes to show you can't treat the Duke just like any other assassin. Second story is far from an era. A wealthy man finds out his wife is a fugitive student radical, something like Weather Underground or something, you know, one of those political terrorist groups from the 60s or 70s. Gogo is supposed to scare her off when she's on a yacht by just shooting an earring off her ear. While he sets up to do this, someone actually shoots her through the heart instead. And would the Duke actually miss something like this? No, obviously not. This is the Duke. He doesn't mess up. So it's a nice little mystery, and it's got a perfect little wrap-up. And I would just say, if Gogo interests you at all, hopefully they'll come back into print. Uh, But as of right now, if you run across these, pick them up because they're getting harder and harder to find. Nice. Uh, a couple more Batman stories I read. I got The Dark Knight Returns. I actually got it from Ollie's, which we went to with Kurt. Yep. They had it for like a few dollars, and it came with a mask. Like cool they did mask, with a couple too. of the Batman issues, like Harley Quinn comes with a creepy Harley Quinn mask. Yeah, it did. And then the first issue of Batman, not the original one, but the New 52 run, comes with like this uh, Court of Owls mask. Which I think is probably the best match of them all. I think it's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, but I got The Dark Knight Returns. You've probably already read it, but if you haven't, it's about old Batman. He old man. He really old. So he's like, he's <laughs> old, old man Batman? Old man Batman. Yeah, old man Logan, old man Batman. <laughs> there you yeah. go. He started it. Yeah. yeah. So it's very well written. It's it, The art style, it kind of reminds me, not like, how it's drawn, but how it's colored mm-hmm. of uh, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's very like watercolory and very like darkish colors. Right. It looks very nice. Uh, kind of sketchy line work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and then 
So what's going on is Joker's back again, and he doesn't look very old. He looks like 20. Yeah, he's like on a talk show or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's just on a talk show. He's just doing stuff. <laughs> but I think he's there. He doesn't really do anything to Batman, though. But, you know, crime is happening, so he gotta help. And the thing is, he's kind of like a fugitive, because people, like, don't trust him, and they think he's evil. But where the real conflict comes is when... There's a bomb coming for Gotham City and just the rest of the world. And Superman is there, but he just doesn't feel like it. He's like, nah, I won't get it. So it blows up and destroys millions of people. That's messed and up. And then Batman comes and he's like, what you doing, Superman? Why should you not help him? He was like, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> so That's not cool. Batman fights him. And then Superman's like, whoa, why are you fighting me? <laughs> Is that where they got Batman Superman movie from? Yeah, that's where they got the Batman Superman movie from. Dang. So, Batman's working, <laughs> trying to defeat him. And then eventually Superman kills him after, like, a while. Man. It's, it's crazy. It's a very fun story, though. Uh, this is also where Carrie Kelly comes in. She's just a random girl who wants to be Robin. And he's like... And Alfred's like, boy, she could get killed. And he's like, nah. <laughs> Because Alfred's actually the voice of concern where, like, Batman would usually be. Because yeah. Batman's almost, like, never wants to know the Robin. And then he's like, but then Alfred's like, but it could. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Eventually. But he just, he's very happy about Robin coming back. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> She's got, like, green glasses? She do got green glasses. <laughs> what is that? Is that supposed to be her mask? I so, like... If you put on green glasses, you can't tell a person's identity? I guess so. <laughs> so you get, like, big hairy carry shades, and people will be like, Oh, that's not you. That's Robin. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Okay. Whatever. It's a very fun, like, few issues <clears throat> thing. It has a lot. It's pretty, like, long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Watchmen. There's a bunch of, like, just, like, news things, like Spawn, where, like, it I just has it. these long... I think that's where Spawn got it from, is Uh, Frank Miller would do these big talking head things, mm -hmm. and it's fine in Dark Knights, but, oh God, it's been Spawn now for like 20 years, 30 years, I'm over it. It's 30 years of Spawn heads, I'm pretty over it. Yeah, it works in Dark Knight, because it's like showing like what people think of Batman after all this time and stuff. Right, and it's the first time it's ever been done. It's the first time it's been done, but in Spawn, it happens too long. And it's even bigger blocks of test text than in the dark knight like, well at least it's one page, page in spawn and i can yeah. just skip it mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what i do when i ever re- uh, read it every month yeah so dragon ball super volume 12 akira toyori i can say akira toriyama that's an easy one uh and toyota taru see i stumble on toriyama and i can get the other one out i don't know what's going on anyway moro has released all the galactic villains from space last volume so there's this one seven three a villain he can uh duplicate and absorb powers from anyone if he touches them for 30 minutes and he is proving especially difficult for them to defeat vegeta is often training to become more powerful on his planet yard rat and goku is sparring with uh Maris, and that's a Galactic Patrol member who is actually an angel like Whis in disguise. Uh, Moro has decided to wait on Earth because he really wants to face Vegeta and Goku. And with his new powers, Vegeta 
uh, wipes out a scout that's sent to find him on planet Yardrat. Meanwhile, back on Earth, with some help from the Android 17 and 18, the Z Fighters. Do they still call them the Z Fighters anymore? Or was that just. I think so. Okay. So, anytime you say the Z Fighters, that's just basically anybody who's not Goku or Vegeta. Um, So, they managed to hold off the threat, but for how long? I guess, once again, we'll have to read volume 13 to find out. Uh, Some more Batman titles I read. The rest of what I'm talking about is just going to be Batman, because I read a lot of it. Uh, Batman Year One, made by Frank Miller again. They got different artists. I think the art is a bit more consistent, but both have their uh, traits. Both sure. Of them are good. Uh, it's like a reboot, kind of, of Batman's backstory and what go on, what happened around it. Uh, it's a very fun little series. It talks about like Commissioner Gordon eventually working with Batman. I think at the end of the day. I would consider it more of a Commissioner Gordon story than a Batman story. But it's more about him coming to terms with Batman and working with him after finding out about him and stuff. Sure. And I do recommend it. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, I've read Year One. It's been a long, long time. I want to say that's uh, maybe David Mazzucchelli art. I believe so. Like the guy he worked with on um, Daredevil Born Again. Right after that, I read Batman The Long Halloween and Batman Dark Victory. Both of them, uh, they are a lot like Year One, and that's because even though they're not directly like a sequel to it, they basically did say in like the little blurbs of text before it that they just wanted it to be like a sequel to it. So they just had like a similar art style and went with a similar path. And that's the one that they got the most recent Batman from right is the long halloween for the most part that's probably the biggest influence on it the batman the long halloween is about this person who has been uh killing people on random holidays and they call then they nickname the person holiday try to find out who it is at the end of the day it just ends up being some random guy it wasn't calendar man it that's a dark victory Oh, okay. I was gonna say, Calendar Man was in like that, uh, the the sequel one that came out recently. Yeah, well, yeah, it's in Dark Victory and uh, okay. probably in the other one. I think it could have been influenced because it did say in the Dark Victory that person, the killer from the Long Halloween, does continue to somewhat kill people in his head, but it's actually the Calendar Man convincing him to. Okay. So it could be that he did. In The Long Halloween as well, but we don't know for sure. Got it. At the end of the day, though, in The Long Halloween, it is revealed that most of the murders weren't even him. Okay. It was actually Two-Face's wife. Dang. Like, at the end, and nobody finds out. She travels away from the town, and everybody thinks it's him, when for the most part, it was Two-Face's wife. And this is also the introduction. It's like a backstory to... Uh, Harvey Dent becoming Two Face as well. Nice. Yeah, both of them are very good stories, and uh, probably some of my favorites for that break. Cool. Uh, one that I picked up recently that uh, I think the second volume is coming out soon. So right now, this is the only volume we can get is Kaiju Number Eight, Volume One, Nayu Matsumoto. Uh, Japan is constantly under attack by Kaiju, so they create the Japanese Defense Force. Kafka, Hibino, and his childhood friend Mina. Are promise to join it when they get older they kind of have these flashbacks of them as kids but uh kafka just kind of washes out and never becomes 
much of anything. Mino, of course, goes on to be like this great elite soldier who is the best ever. Uh, Kafka ends up joining like cleanup crew. Literally, like when a kaiju gets killed by the Japanese defense force, he has to go in and clean up, like help cut them down and chop pieces of their legs off. He ends up on intestine duty a lot, apparently, which they say is really disgusting, and they do some really gross-out humor during that. During uh, his latest cleanup adventure, he meets Ichikawa, and that's an aspiring kaiju fighter who uh, has entered the world of cleanup to better prepare for the entrance exams into the Japanese Defense Force. During a cleanup that they're doing, kaiju appear, and Kafka saves Ichikawa. They both get injured, though, so they end up in the hospital. And this really weird thing, he's just laying in the bed and this, like, ugly bug monster comes like, Hey, I've been looking for you! And he, like, shoots down his throat. It's disgusting. And when this happens, uh, Kafka actually turns into a kaiju. And, of course, they all freak out. He freaks out because he's a kaiju. And Ichikawa freaks out because his, his new friend is a kaiju. So they, like, run out of the hospital. A kaiju and a half-naked dude. And uh, they go on the lamb. Uh, then they switch gears and it's in Kafka thinks now because he's got these extra powers because he can go back and forth between being a kaiju. He's not always in that form that he's going to try to take the exam, uh, with his buddy. So they go to take the exam and we meet Kikoro and this is a girl who's been raised her whole life to fight giant monsters. And I don't know if I've said this just in case you don't know the term kaiju is like giant monsters. Um, Needless to say, the meeting doesn't go very well. This is a really good first volume. Uh, brand new series. If it's anything like new series in the past, volume ones have been really hard to find. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I'd jump on and purchase it. If you just want to read it, it's on the Jump app. So lots of action, but it's also really funny at the same time. I highly recommend it. I read some of Batman Hush. This is... Uh illustrated by, by by Jim Lee and then written by the person that made the long Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it. Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. Yep. Um, it's a pretty fun story. I do like the other ones a bit more. I think the art does have a bit more character. I love Jim Lee's art. I do, I've seen it a lot though so it's not like something completely special to me sure. all the time. But it has aged very well. Like, I could see this book coming out in 2022. I was very surprised when I found out it came out 20 years ago. Because it hasn't aged at all. Yeah, it it was coming out when we were in Denver. I think right before you were born, it feels like. Yeah. I've only read the first trade. There's actually two different ones that came out around the time. And those are the ones I'm going through the library. Gotcha. So, Hush doesn't come until, like, halfway around that series. Until then, it's just him, like, him not being hushed, but, like, him as a friend mm-hmm. working with Bruce Wayne while, like, Poison Ivy and Superman work together to beat up Catwoman and Batman. It's a pretty fun little story from what I've read, but Hush hasn't appeared yet, so I can't comment on him. Gotcha. He looks cool, though. Oh, yeah, he does. He's got kind of a unknown soldier mummy look. Mm-hmm. I've also read... All of Batman 2011. I haven't read some of the spinoff stuff, but I've read the entire main series. This is the New 52 Scott reboot. S- Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this series. I highly recommend it. This is 
the first volume is the Court of Owls, and around <coughs> like the mid middle of the trade, he, he, Bruce Wayne Batman comes over to the where the Court of Owls are. He finds out about it, and this is so interesting. This is probably one of the best storylines because the whole idea is that he thinks they can't exist because he thinks he knows everything about uh, Gotham because he's been in there for a while and he has like access to all the files or so he thought but then he finds them and he finds a bunch of people that have been working longer than him and are stronger than him and he almost dies like multiple times in it and in to show like how crazy this is to him there are a bunch of him like while he is being beaten up by the person like the page just starts flipping so like next page and it's like upside down and like sideways and stuff. It may seem annoying, but when you read it, it is executed very well. Cool. Unlike the Superman thing. No, oh, Superman <laughs> Unchained. Yeah, yeah. yeah that got uh, on my nerves. Uh, after that, there is a storyline: Death of the Family. Nobody dies, but it's called Death of the Family, and it's about Joker working together to try to kill Batman and all the Robins again. And he also gets, like, I don't know, he gets a few villains to work with him. And he also gets, like, these fake versions of the Justice League. So there's, like, a bunch of people cosplay <laughs> Just watching Joker try to kill Batman. <laughs> it's weird. Is this, is this Joker where he has no face? Uh, that happens right after, it, like... They defeat him, or so they think. Okay. And then there's Batman Nigger Zero, which is actually somewhat does, uh, is an inspiration to the movie. Okay. It shows, like, Bruce Wayne just living his life before becoming Batman. Right. And then finding out about it. But it is more about the stuff that you don't, you don't see, and about his backstory. And then right after that is the stuff after he becomes Batman and trying to defeat the Riddler. And a lot of the Riddler stuff that the movie has is directly based off this. Oh, okay. It has, I did not like, know that. Because it has, like, in the middle of it, the bombs going off right. in the city and him, like, ruling over people. It's a very fun story. Cool. After that, I'm not sure what it's called, but Joker is back again. And if I had one complete, I, I would like to see more villains. Sure. I get oh! That. Before Year Zero, there's actually another Court of Vowels thing. And before the Joker thing. Uh... Because they have to defeat the Court of Owls. So all the Robins and like people that are related to Batman work together. And there is a whole different... It was a whole event, so like all the Batman comics around this time have it. And also Black Canary for some reason. I'm not, I get that she's like a DC character that is related to Batman, but I don't see her. Well, like, she used to team up with Batgirl and Birds of Prey, maybe that's why. Oh, it was a Birds of Prey, I believe. Yeah. But it was mainly Black Canary, so... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, this is, it had a volume of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and that volume was very fun. It had him working with Starfire and Speedy, yeah. which I think it was renamed something else in the volume. Arsenal? Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Roy, Roy was, Harper. It was a lot of fun. This is where I got to really like Red Hood. He became one of my favorites now. But all the Robins are very good. This comic has also made me like all the Robins because they all appear a bunch. Yeah. They're all very likable and cool, and I like them. You should um, check out, uh, I think it was Rebirth. 
uh, Red Hood teams up with Artemis because she's supposed to. They basically have like oh. they have like a backwards trinity, you know. So you've got Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So in this one, you have Artemis, Bizarro, and Red Hood. So it's like the the dark side of the the regular trinity. It's really good. That so, sounds very fun. So I would say check that out if you enjoy. It. Plus, you get like Joker's daughter shows up at some point in oh. the Red Hood series, mm-hmm. and she's. Whew, her backstory is gross, bro. So, like, the Joker, remember I was talking about how he peeled his face off? Mm-hmm. She finds it in the sewer. <coughs> Excuse me. And this girl finds Joker's face, like his flesh, floating in the sewer. And she starts to wear it and go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah. So, that's one we're checking out. Right after Year Zero, yeah, like I talked about, that is where he peels off his face. Ugh. And that, the, he found, he eventually, eventually 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 comes up with this uh gas that like batman has no thing to help people with so everybody is like being killed and destroyed by joker so eventually he gets the group of robins and people related to him that haven't gotten caught yet mm-hmm. and they get the gas i mean they wear masks to go against the gas and also COVID 19 as <laughs> And they also work with a bunch of villains, too. (laughs) That was before (laughs) COVID-19. But anyway. (laughs) They also work with a bunch of villains because they don't want to be killed by that Joker either. Because Joker is now just full-on crazy. He he will get everybody, including Batman, who, like, up until this moment, he didn't really want to kill. He just wanted him to be, like, everybody else around him to be killed and kind of torture him. I got a stupid question. So, why didn't comic books deal with coronavirus i don't feel like there's hardly been any comics that have touched on coronavirus at all i'm not sure we need something like dr doom crying about 9-11 yeah you need something you need like um we need something cheesy you need something where you deal with coronavirus i don't know why they didn't do it yeah they do with everything else but i know that's weird yeah it's kind of weird uh uh, so, the last of the manga I've got for this week is going to be one that my buddy Kirk Spencer picked up and sent to me. Now, I read Oren uh, High School Host Club many, many years ago, Volume 1, uh, like on break while I was in Books a Million, because when you worked at the bookstore, you could like check out a book and sit in the back and read it. So, I read the first volume a long time ago, and uh, Kirk sent me the second volume, so I read it. So, the premise is... There's this girl, and she wanders into a boys' club at a rich school, and she breaks this really expensive vase, and they make her pay for it. And Haruhi, which is her name, in order to pay for this, has to join their club. And this club is a host club. So there are six members, and they're basically paid to cater to the whims of females who come and visit. But Haruhi, at the time, is dressed in what is traditionally male school clothes, so they think she's a boy. Later on, they find out she actually is a girl. But at this point, she has been purposely posing as a boy, so they're going to have to deal with that situation in this volume. So the first and best story in this volume is the lengths that the boys will go to to protect Haruhi's identity because there's a school-wide physical, so they've got to break up between the boys and the girls, and everybody's like basically trying to make sure that nobody finds out that Haruhi's actually a girl, so much so that one of the guys puts on a wig and tries to pretend that they're that they are Haruhi, and of course that doesn't go well. But um, finally, they manage to get her in to get her physical, and just the links that the club goes to because the patrons can't find out that Haruhi is a female. Um, 
there's some other stories of with the twins falling in love with her. There's this weird one where they go to like this jungle theme park and there's alligators and crap. It's just bizarre. So this is like, it's like drama and pathos, but it's mostly just silly kind of gaggy stuff based on, you know, uh, gender of this girl being hidden as she tries to pretend to be a boy for other girls. Uh, this was a fun volume. Uh, I think I will continue with it. So thanks, Kirk, for picking up uh, the volume two. And I'm going to have to hit up Amazon or maybe even Comixology for volume three because it looks like it is out of print unless you want to pay 120 bucks for the box set, which I don't want to do. So I'm going to talk about Batman a little bit more, the cool. 2011 one. After the Joker, the thing is <laughs> both of them kind of die because of the gas and they both get infected. But then eventually their bodies are found and it is revealed that they were like sort of alive, but not really. Their their brains aren't working like perfectly. So like a bunch of their memories are lost and stuff. So there is no Batman. (laughs) So because of this, the police are like, we need someone to save the day. So we'll just make a Batman. So they make this big robot suit. That looks more like a bunny than a rabbit. Oh, yeah. Then, this is what I'm not telling you. It looks like apple seed. And then they get Commissioner Gordon to become Batman. And he, like, de-ages. He goes from being, like, I don't know, 60 to, like, what, 40s or something? Yeah. It's weird. He looks young. He, like, shaves <coughs> off a bunch of his hair and his mustache yep. to look like Guy Gardner, basically. And then he goes in the suit, and he starts defeating people. And eventually, there's, like, this big... Scarecrow stick Joker monster thing that like just starts killing people and he's like oh no I can't do this and then he gets stabbed by uh the person and then so then Bruce Wayne eventually is like is that the sunflower yeah sunflower yeah and then Bruce Wayne is like he eventually finds out like oh I'm Batman aren't I (laughs) yeah it's really weird so he goes over and to Alfred's house and Alfred's like you finally have a happy life and you won't be a Batman again he's like I don't have no other choice or else I'll die anyway <laughs> so he goes over and he gets his memory like back because he, he it's saved so it weird the computer <laughs> and they like if they like turn it, it turn on this machine and he's like Aah! yeah and he, it's like he's like I don't know. It reminds me of like Superman 2 where Superman loses his powers and then he goes back in the machine and gives him his powers back. It's like if being the Batman were a power and like he has to go in the machine to get the power to be the Batman well, back. It's so weird. I guess it's supposed to be like the memories of like his training and stuff I so guess. he knows how to it's, fight. It's bizarre. But like I don't know what's going on during it because they show like these random moments of stuff that never happens like stuff that maybe will happen in the future but never does like batman has this white and golden suit and he's just fighting like pirates and this never happens but he just (laughs) has like these random blurbs while he's like and this shows a random moment like batman being a pirate and finding like wolverine or something like it's so weird weird. (laughs) but eventually comes and defeats seed and then he gets his wife that oh he has a wife now because he's not Batman anymore, he's not depressed, so he can finally get some girls. So he, <laughs> so he, get, he gets his wife, and he goes to the Wayne Manor, and he eventually decides to live there again. But before this, 
He was at a daycare because... because <laughs> he, he lived in a daycare? <laughs> basically, he lived in his own day- daycare. <laughs> because, I guess, when you're not Batman, you can take care of kids. So, so he does. And then he... <coughs> and because he's not Batman, he can grow a beard. <laughs> so he has a beard now and a lot of hair. Well, yeah, you and, can't have a beard and have a mask. Green Arrow, I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh yeah, Green Arrow. Not in this book, but in <laughs> Dark Knight Returns, he's just like an old man that just kind of sitting on the couch with Batman, and when <laughs> Superman comes, he just like throws some arrows at him and then runs away. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, is that what you've read? Mm-hmm. That's All what right. I've read. I'm going to really quick, because we're running over an hour, and I try to keep it shorter than an hour, or should I just save this one for next time? You can save it for next time. All right, so next time we'll come back and we'll do Action Comics number 543, because we we hadn't got to talk to you guys in a while, so that was like a month's worth of books that we just did. Mm -hmm. Um, So once again, thanks for listening to us on 21st Century Boys. You can hit us up on Twitter. I am at IowasJoe. I'm at N underscore Garlic. And you can hit up the show at 21st Century Boys on Twitter, and that's 21-S-T-C-E-M-B-O-Y-S. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. See ya.